We are studying Ephesians. All that was an introduction to tonight's text. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4. Tonight we are looking at verses 7 to 12. My dad, all summer long, has been telling me to preach a message on this topic, and I keep telling him, it's coming. It's right in Ephesians. It's going to come. So here it is, Dad. Here it is for you. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, he's quoting Psalms 68, Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ." If you have a bulletin, you'll have fill in the blanks. God has done everything needed for His church to be healthy. God has done everything needed for Clearwater Church to be healthy, for us to be a mature body of Christ, a healthy body of Christ, on mission, robust. The only question is whether we are going to do our part. Go back to verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. In the first six verses, Paul emphasizes our unity. We have one hope, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Unity in the church, but unity doesn't, unity, but not uniformity. We're not all the same. The Bible doesn't ask us to talk the same and look the same and think the same and act the same. Uh, the Bible embraces the diversity with, within Christians. As long as we are united uh, by faith with Christ and therefore united with each other. Unity not uniformity. There's great diversity in the church. And here Paul is actually talking about a diversity that comes about through God's uh, unique gifting of the Christians. Every Christian is gifted by Jesus in a unique way to serve the church. And uh, that uniqueness means that you and I aren't the same. God has gifted you in a way that's different from the way He's gifted me, and uh, all of us need each other. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace. Paul has earlier referred to his ministry to the Gentiles as a grace. So here we're talking not about the grace of unmerited favor that saves us, but divine empowerment 
uh, for ministry in the church. Grace was given to the pastors. Grace was given to those who have gone to seminary. Grace was given to those ordained. Is that what it says? It's not what it says. It says, but grace was given to each one of us. You have a ministry. You have a, a spiritual gift that was handed out to you, apportioned to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're indwelt with His Holy Spirit, that is true of you. If it's not true of you, that's because you're not a Christian. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. I don't get to decide what gift God gives me to serve His church. It's not my job to, to ask or question or grumble, second guess. It's, it's my job to receive and then put to use the gift that God gives me. And the same, same with you. Uh, your job is to discover and employ the gift that God has given you. In so doing, you are saluting the flag. In so doing, you're acknowledging Christ's right to direct your life. You're His servant. I'm His servant. Use me, Lord, as you wish. And one way that, uh, that we acknowledge that is by receiving the gift He gives us, under, understanding what it is, and putting it into use. So here's our first affirmation. It's in your bulletin. Let me say it out loud, and then uh, I, I ask you to affirm this out loud with me, if you're a Christian. If you are a, a Christian, then Jesus has, this is true of you, Jesus has gifted me in a particular way to build up His body. That is true of you. And uh, some Christians will have a hard time embracing this truth because they don't feel special. They don't feel like they have been given anything or gift, gifted in any way. But this is what the Bible declares about you and about me. So, so by faith, let's say this out loud. Jesus has gifted me in a particular way to build up his body. So if that's true, I need to, I need to explore what that gifting might be and put that gifting to use. Of course, one of the best ways to explore is to try things out. <laughs> Just start serving. And uh, you try to serve and try another way to serve, try another way to serve, and pretty soon you'll, see, you'll find something that you're like, I'm good at that. People are being blessed by that, and that gives me a lot of joy. And when that, when that hits, you're, you pretty much have found your gifting. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, is quoting from Psalm 68, Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. So, Paul recognizes in this psalm, which is a psalm about God, he recognizes in it, uh, a picture of Christ. And it's an image of, of a king who is returning from a successful conquest. And so he's returning home and he's leading a train of captives, 
right? I've conquered the enemy. I'm bringing home my, my, my conquered enemy and the booty. And when the king get, gets home, the king then turns around and begins to give out some of the booty to his friends as gifts, as rewards. And so Paul sees in this a picture of Christ. Uh, Christ has uh, returned to heaven. He has ascended uh, uh, victorious. And now he has poured out his Holy Spirit and through his Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts to his church, to his people. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men, the victorious Christ returning home. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Of course, that's the end goal is that Christ is all in all. And there will be no nook and cranny of the universe where Jesus Christ does not reign. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Um, now, there have, there's been a whole lot of ink spilled over this question of uh, what exactly are the lower regions? You know, did, is that a reference to the three days that Jesus was in the grave? Did he go down into Sheol, the place of the dead, and uh, preach to kind of the saints who had died that, uh, you know, he had conquered sin and death and take them back to heaven? Or is this simply talking about his incarnation? He came to earth, uh, did what he was called to do, and then came, returned back to heaven. Um, nobody seems to know for sure. But that's not the, the, the point is uh, Christ has, is victorious. He has returned home in victory. And now as the reigning king, he uh, gives gifts to his followers. And that gift is purpose to fill the church or to serve the church. Verse 11. And he gave. So now he begins to list some of the gifts that he's given the church. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. There are multiple lists, five total in the Bible, that talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, the two, other than this one, the two biggest ones are 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12. And what's interesting is most of the time the gifts are skills or attitudes, or the gift of mercy, the gift of wisdom, uh, the gift of hospitality, the gift of administration. Uh, what's, what's pretty unique about this list is it's people. It's leaders, right? God has given people, in particular leaders, to the church, to build up the church. And so none, none of the, the, the gift lists, by the way, are exhaustive in the Bible. No single list has all the gifts, uh, which leads us to conclude that the, the, Bible, the New Testament itself probably doesn't articulate every possible gifting 
the Lord might give for the building up of his church. But here we see uh, some lead, leader positions and giftings named. Some think it's five and some think there are four. The reason some think there are four is they would say shepherds and teacher is kind of one real leadership gift, leadership role that they're thinking of. So let's look at these. First, he gave apostles. So what's an apostle? Well, in Greek, apostle means sent one. It's that generic, a sent one. Uh, but in the New Testament, apostle almost always refers to um, someone who has seen the risen Lord Jesus and has been commissioned by Jesus uh, to play a foundational role in establishing the church. And so if, if in that sense, the uh, position of apostle is gone. It's been, it ceased, it's no longer in play. There are no apostles alive today in the uh, most basic New Testament sense. If somebody wants to redefine apostle or, or define apostle to mean, you know, these are, um, these are initiate, uh, people who go establish new works for, Christ, you know, for the kingdom and they're kind of, um, they're, they're apostolic in there. Well, maybe, but you have to redefine the word. So the, uh, the apostles seem to have been a temporary uh, leadership gift to the church to establish the church, and then they died out with that first generation. What about prophets? Uh, prophets also seem to have been a temporary only for that initial founding of the church. Um, if you mean by prophet one who receives a an authoritative word of the Lord for the church, he is to be you know, that, that prophecy is to be believed and heeded. It's authoritative and it's in line with Old Testament prophecy where you killed the prophet if they got it wrong, right? Uh, that seemed to have been uh, unique to that New Test, uh, the, the founding of the church era. What about evangelists? By the way, this is the only time the gift of evangelism uh, this office of evangelist is referred to in the New Testament. There is a description of Philip. Philip is called Philip the evangelist. And Timothy is told to do the work of an evangelist, even though he's the pastor of a local church. But this seems to be a, a person whose fundamental role in the kingdom of God is to proclaim the gospel and win people uh, who are currently outside the church to faith in Christ and bring them in. And that, that, there are definitely evangelists today. What about uh, this final category or two? Uh, the shepherds, that's, that word can also be pastor. It's interchangeable, pastors, shepherds, and teachers. So are pastors and teachers two separate, two separate offices, or is it, are we talking about um, uh, shepherds of the church whose primary way they shepherd is teaching. Um, and most of the people I read seem to believe it's, it's that latter. It's one group, kind of one office or one role. Um, and so in our church, we have, we have pastors 
and we have elders, um, and the pastoral staff bears the primary burden of teaching. So James and I uh, are the pastors who bear the primary burden of teaching, but the other elders are also shepherds, uh, and they can teach because that's one of the qualifications, um, but that's not the primary, their primary function. So I tend to think, yeah, you're talking here about um, the pastors who are also primar- primarily function in a teaching role. Now, what is, what's the role of the church leader? What is, so, so Paul says God gives church leaders to the church as gifts. Ha! Huh, I'm a gift to all of you, right? Uh, God has gifted the church leaders for what purpose? Well, so that the church might be built up. Yes, but what is a, what is a leader to do? And this is a very dear question to me because I'm trying to figure out all the time, what am I supposed to be doing? Uh, and, well, here it tells me very clearly. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Ah, so I am building up the body of Christ when I am equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So who, according to that, who is to be doing the work of ministry? Look at your Bibles. He gives these church leaders to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Who's to be doing the work of ministry? The saints. Just so you know, that's, that's every, all Christians. All Christians are saints, right? So it's the, it's the Christian who doesn't occupy one of these leadership positions who is supposed to be doing the work of the ministry, and the leaders, the church leaders, are purposed to equip. Their, their job is to equip. So who does the work of the ministry? The saints. What's the role of the church leader? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Okay, so what is equipping? Well, this word is, uh, ha- is kind of used three different ways in, in Greek. Number one, it talks about uh, it refers to mending nets. So as a commercial fisherman, I mended a lot of nets. And now a, a net that had a ton of holes could still catch fish. But you, we would, uh, at the end of a period, depending on, on how mean your captain was, you would sew up the rest, you know, mend the nets. Some captains would have you mend uh, even the you know, the little three bars, the tiny little holes. Others were only cared about giant rips. Uh, so one guy, I, uh, one captain I had, he was an Italian guy, and he didn't care about anything except giant rips, and he called it castudo. I don't know what that means, but he would always say, just castudo it, which means you're kind of like a sewing machine. Other captains I had made me fix them all the way down to like the two bar holes. It was crazy. But the point is when you mend a net and you close up all the holes, that net's going to fish even better. And so there you have, there you've got a Christian who can do ministry, but uh, you can help them be even more effective at doing ministry. 
right? So you identify some deficiencies. Maybe they're, maybe they need a little bit more theological education. Maybe they need a little bit more skill building. Maybe, maybe they need to be uh, guided into a little bit different type of ministry. And all of a sudden, their, their nets are, you know, fully mended and they're, they're, they're going for it all the way. Uh, another way this word is used is for setting a bone. So there's, there's a bone out of place or, um, or a broken bone. And so sometimes Christians have been wounded, they're broken, and uh, they need some triage and some healing, uh, maybe a healing of the heart, emotions, um, uh, getting free from addictions before they can really be fully um, engaged in ministry. And so that's part of equipping. And then the, the, the final way this word is used is um, the idea of outfitting a ship with everything it needs, its provisions, its lines, its crew. You're outfitting the ship, uh, equipping the ship for the big journey. And so sometimes what, uh, what Christians need is they need to be, maybe they need some funds. Maybe they need access to uh, advertising. Uh, maybe they need uh, just other people to come along and partner with them in the ministry, right? And so, the church leadership is trying to, um, behind the scenes, uh, put things together so that, it, so that the, all the people of the church are, a, are able and to be serving and out there doing the work of the ministry. Great example of this was uh, last night, although uh, this wasn't really heart ministry, but here we are painting the building, and uh, we had uh, Jeff Bentz. I don't think Jeff painted anything. Jeff Bentz, Bentz's whole goal was making sure everyone was, had the tools they needed to be painting, and so, and James helped him a lot. And there, here's your, here's your paintbrush. We're mixing the paint. Here's your paint. Go over here. Uh, and so, without good equipping, 20-some people couldn't have been here painting last night, uh, and, but as it was, we had some good equipping going on so people could just show up. They got a job, they got their tools, they went to work, and, and we got a whole lot done as a church. That would not have happened without uh, uh, James Embry and Jeff Bentz equipping us to do that. So here, so this is very important. Why? Because some people... Well, I think everyone, everyone has a, a picture in their mind of what the pastor is supposed to do. And, and some people say, we hire people to do ministry, right? The pastor goes to school, the pastor gets trained, they're the professionals, we pay them to do the ministry in our church. And they expect the pastors to be doing the work of the ministry. And that's an extreme case. And they let themselves off the hook for doing ministry. And on the flip side is this picture I'm <laughs> painting for you, which I think is very biblical of. It's the people. It's the saints. It's the everyman and woman Christian who's doing the work of the ministry. And the leadership's job is to equip so that you can be out there on the front lines doing ministry. And this is very important for church leaders to understand too. Um, I've been I've been now in full time Christian ministry for I think 19 years, 
And uh, yeah, it's a good thing. And I have one thing I've seen is people who love doing ministry on the front lines who want, figure, oh, I'm going to become a pastor because then I get to do it full time. Well, that's not the case. You, bec you become a church leader and you're like, hey, I just got out of doing ministry. I'm now supposed to help other people do ministry. And it can create a disconnect. So here's the second affirmation. This is very important to understand. The role of church leaders is to equip me for the work of ministry. Uh, that's the way I want you to view uh, your view me. I want you to view me as my job is to help equip you to do the work of ministry. And that, that means you have the freedom to come and say, hey, Mike, I need this kind of resourcing. I need this kind of training. I need you to help me because I've got this vision that I think God's giving me for ministry. Would you help me, you know, go, go make that happen? And that's super exciting to me. So let's say this together out loud. The role of church leaders is to equip me for the work of ministry. Ooh, that's exciting, but that also comes with some responsibility, doesn't it? And now verse, uh, two, verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. For building up the body of Christ. And then it goes on in 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God has gifted Clearwater Church uh, through the Holy Spirit, the gifts into the people. And, and if we were all using the gifts that God had given us for the building up of the body, Clearwater Church would be healthy. And, uh, and what does it mean to build up the body? Well, yes, it means to strengthen the body, but it also means to expand the body, right? It also includes going out and winning people to the Lord and bringing them in and discipling them. Uh, and so, but it takes all of us, right? It takes all of us. And so, here's the final uh, affirmation statement. Let me sit on this for a moment, but let me read it first. The health of Christ's church depends in part on me using my spiritual gift. This, God does not give you this gift to put on a shelf and admire. It's not a gift for you. <laughs> It's, it's, a, uh, it's maybe a talent. It's maybe a, a, special, a special heartbeat, skill, uh, ability that God has given you to use to serve His church. So who, who, better, who is uh, being bettered by the use of your gift? Usually it's other people, right? You are serving other people. But the church, when you do that and other people do that, uh, overall, the whole church is healthy. So, so, my understanding of what this text is saying is if God has gifted you uh, in, a, in a special way, a unique way, a particular way to serve His church, and then you don't, don't employ that gift and you sit on that gift, then the church is weaker as a result. And so, we all need to feel this. The health of Christ's church, which he loves and values, depends in part on me using my spiritual gift. 
And I, I don't think we can read this text without thinking of that uh, parable Jesus told us about the king who gives, uh, gives out different portions of money to his servants, and one of the servants just buries it. And when the king comes back and he demands an, an account, and most of the servants have put his money to use and made more money, and he's like, well done, good and faithful servant. He gets to that servant who buried it, didn't use the talent. He's not happy, is he? So God has given you a gift. You can't, if you're a Christian, you can't, you can't run from that, right? You can't say, no, thank you. I don't want a gift because I don't want the responsibility. Your Lord Jesus Christ gave you that gift. He knows the gift he gave you, and uh, he knows whether or not you're using it. And we need you to use it. The, our church, Clear, if you are part of Clearwater Church, uh, if, if you name Clear, if Clearwater is your church, then that gift is to be used to build up, certainly, maybe not exclusively, but certainly it's meant to be used to build up Clearwater Church. So now I come back to this, this ministry dream sheet, this ministry dream sheet. This is, I do not claim that this is a reflection of God's mind and heart. This is Mike, <laughs> right? Uh, but these are good things, and it might be the Lord gives you some ministry vision and dreams, and that you raise your hand and step forward and say, you know, equip me to go do this. And we get on board. There are, there are some awesome things that we do as a church that did not originate from, from me. They were passions that God gave other people. So I, here you go. There's this thing called my work of ministry. And it should be stapled to your dream sheet. My work of ministry. And so I ask you, if, if, you, already, if you already know how you want to be involved next week, or next week, Next, this next ministry year, because now is the time for us to put all these plans in place. Uh, we don't want to go sticking them into some ministry catalog and claiming we're going to do them if we don't, you know, if we don't have the people to do them. So now's the time for us to be building these teams, and uh, that means now's the time for uh, the saints to step forward, raise their hand, and say, I'm in. I'll do that. You can count on me. So this starts the ball rolling. If you uh, Turn it right, right down how you want to serve. Um, turn it in to, just give it to Pastor James or me. And uh, if you need to take it home and pray about it, go ahead and bring it back um, on another week. But once this comes in, then a church leader will contact you and begin to talk about equipping you for that ministry. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, you care about your church. Uh, you want us to be healthy. And so you have gifted your people uh, with special gifts that when, when used will result in a, a healthy church, a built-up body, a growing body, a, a strong body. And so, Lord, I pray that each one of us will, uh, we won't seek to dodge the the. the implications of that truth. We won't try to shirk our responsibility, but we will uh, seek to understand how you have gifted us, and we will go get to, get to using that. Now, Lord, I pray that this 
year will actually be our most fruitful year of ministry yet. Lord, pour out a spirit of service on our, all of our hearts. Raise, raise up workers because uh, the harvest is uh, ripe. In Jesus' name, amen.